Hello and thank you so much for joining us. We just heard the sounds of Tosh Cops Lynn at the moment. It's a feel-good Friday. It's time for the Slice Report. Here's Mona Austin. Happy Friday, Mona. Happy Friday, Cedric. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Mona Austin. Recovery efforts are underway from Hurricane Adalia's wreckage in Florida. The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, sprung into action, already prepared for what was to come after having experience with storms happening every single year under his leadership. But what he could not do as a leader, the federal government has stepped in and pledged full support by President Joe Biden. They have launched FEMA efforts, and everyone is in place to help more than 130,000 Floridians get their power back on, get food, and get their lives back up and running, Cedric. You know, it's been interesting. We had the West Coast, California, two weeks ago. We had Hawaii about three Hawaii. weeks ago, and now we got Florida. So we got some uh, difficult times. We need to stay prayed up, Mona. And all of these times, the president and most Democrats are attributing to climate change. They say if you did not believe in climate change before, you should believe in climate change now from the high temperatures all the way to the various types of weather patterns changing. Now, hot temperatures actually is what experts, weather experts are saying caused the hurricane in Florida to be the worst in over 120 years. They say the water being very warm caused the riptide to be higher and the tides rose to over the rooftops of some of the average height, average height homes in the Tampa Bay area, for example, and then this storm surge went farther inland than any other storm they say they have seen in hurricane history down there. So our thoughts and prayers are certainly with those who are in recovery in Florida, in California, and in Hawaii. Now, back in Washington, President Joe Biden has good news to report today on the job market recovery. Everyone's been looking to see how inflation is going to low, get lower. And experts are now saying these are the kinds of trends that need to take place to see inflation actually cool. The current rate of employment in the country is at 3.8% coming out of the month of August, Cedric. And what that means is that many people, young people in particular, who were um, ending their summer jobs, some of those jobs are now open. People are going back to college or back to high school. That's the, that is the young worker market. But then there are people who are deciding now that they want to work in the fall. And we, we always see these shifts, and we'll begin to see some more shifting when it becomes um, holiday season. But those numbers lend themselves to the availability of jobs, and more people are certainly going after the jobs that are there. And so 3.8% currently and 187,000 jobs being added to the job market. Now, the unemployment rate ticked up as more Americans return to that labor market. And Acting Secretary of Labor Julie Sue says it's a sign of optimism and hope and what you want to see as the market, quote-unquote, cools. And in general, she offered that the administration is empowering workers, which is a pillar of Bidenomics. We think about all of the labor market issues 
with strikes. And she's saying that Biden is definitely a pro-union president, and he believes that people's ability, workers' ability to strike gives them more strength at the bargaining table, and they're getting better, better terms for those workers across the board. Now, outside of Washington, there has been quite a bit of a news activity this week, major news activity. And one of the stories we're following is the Georgia case for Donald Trump and all of his co-conspirators in the racketeering and fraud case related to the 2020 presidential election. Now, Donald Trump continues to say that he is innocent. He did not break any laws concerning the election. And yesterday, he did plead not guilty. He is not expected to show for the arraignment next week. This this legs on this case, Cedric, are moving, and they are trying to get it done as fast as possible. Now, critics are saying on the Republican side, all of this effort is being made simply because they want to, Republicans, say Democrats want to interfere with President Trump's, former President Trump's run for the presidency. And really, it's been over two years since Fonnie Willis started the case and ended the the charges of the case. And so now the trial will be underway, and she does want that to go swiftly. She said she wants to try everyone all at the same time, and that is just to get the job done. For getting her job done, Republicans have come after her in the state and also on the federal level as Jim Jordan has opened up an investigation on the House side to investigate her activities. They're claiming that she communicated with the Department of Justice, which was not allowed. And in doing that, she could have run her own form of interference. And so they have opened a probe. But Governor Brian Kemp has come to defend Bonnie Willis. Some of this may also be to ward off any misinformation and prevent people from acting out, as we saw on January 6th. He is saying that she was simply doing her job, and we want the case to move forward. And so what do you think about that, Cedric? I think it's very interesting. She knew that they were going to attack her in the first place, and she's prepared for it. Moving forward, we are also looking at a lot of interesting cases around the country. Now, the city of Chicago has at some point been listed as the most violent city in the entire world. Now, in the midst of reporting in Chicago, a Univision TV crew was robbed at gunpoint, and they were reporting on armed robbery, Cedric. That is crazy. That is one of the most unique, bizarre cases I have ever heard. But literally, while they were filming, an ironic twist occurred on Monday, and they were robbed right in plain sight. And so now the mayor has gotten involved. There's lots of criticism of this mayor. Uh, He's being blamed for not being able to reel in all the crime in the area. And this is like a symbol of his lack of action, some are saying, in Chicago. Now, I also want to get people ready for the upcoming election uh, and after Labor Day weekend, 
when we get back, Washington is going to be in full swing again. One of the people in Washington that everyone is watching is senior citizen, excuse me, senior senior senator. Let me clear that up. Senior citizen. I'm talking about Mitch McConnell, Cedric. I know. I was going to ask you about that. It's time for him to pack up and go home. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying. And, and I'm getting tongue-tied because many people are saying it's because he is a senior citizen. I wanted to say senior senator of Kentucky, Mitch McConnell. He had another incident where when he showed up for an event, he literally froze. This time, it was for around 30 seconds where he stood and stared like a deer in the headlights. And people are speculating that there is some sort of neurological occurrence that is causing this to happen to him. We have not gotten any confirmation of what's going on with Mr. McConnell, but it is clear that he is having some sort of health incident. And before when it happened, just about a month ago, um, he was able to come back out and speak and move forward. And so now doctors are saying that he's able to report back to work. And my question in all of this is, if Mitch McConnell is able to continue in his job, and he does have both Democrats and Republicans who say that it is time for him to retire, but if he's able to return in his job for voters out there, How do they feel if they think that McConnell can continue, and he is a person of a certain age, just like President Joe Biden, who people are are using ageism against him and saying he should not be able to run and there should be term limits. So this has brought about the conversation on term limits again, Cedric, and I've heard your opinion about it. There are some people say that they should be able to continue as long as they are functional, and that is where the big question mark lies in this situation. One more politician we want to mention from South Carolina, and that is Tim Scott. What's coming into question about him is his marital status. You know, Tim Scott's 57 years old, and he's never been married, Cedric. Did you know that? Nope, didn't know that. 57, never been married, and in his book, he said at the age of 40, he was still a virgin. Now, he does have a girlfriend that he's kept secret, but he says he does have one. And so what the question is for him is, will he either be able to be the president or vice president in the United States? There have only been, in the history of politics in this country, there have only been two senators who have been single. So will his bachelor status be held against him? And sometimes family status does have a significant impact on how voters see people, such as, famously, Sarah Palin. You know, people didn't want to see someone with a uh, a daughter who was having a child out of wedlock, for example, in the White House. And, and all those kinds of things do come into play, Cedric. Do you think that those, how your family status... How much of a bearing should that have on whether or not you can run the country? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Or so I do think probably um, for age limit or so, it's it's something. In McConnell's uh, sake, he needs to go ahead and uh, they need to make plans and uh, go ahead and take him to the next level. But I will say this in closing. If I had to say to the Democratic Party who I would uh, put in there to run, and I had to go with Pete Buttigieg. 
Look at what kind of job he's doing with the transportation. He's doing a pretty good job. You would go with Buttigieg. Yeah. Now, we're, I'm not going to forecast yet, but that's an interesting choice. And, and what people are looking at with Tim Scott, because he is polling decently in Iowa, and Iowa is a key state that we look at to see what your potential performance is once the campaign season really gets into full swing. And so Buttigieg is someone who definitely has a lot of support on the Democratic side, but I don't know if that support is on the presidential level. They're saying for Tim Scott, he may be looking at running as the VP to to, to whomever is the Republican pick for president. And right now, all roads lead to Trump. He is still polling higher than anyone else. They say Scott may be ready for that VP spot if he, you know, stays in the race. Uh, and then also, I think that what one person that um, people are not looking at on the Democratic side, who maybe they should be looking at a little bit more, is Dr. Cornell West. He runs you know, on a, on a different ticket, but he warms up to, to Democrats. And so he has a strong voice. He understands policy from an academic standpoint and has been involved in politics. I'll leave you with this one since we're talking about politics. We're trying to get you warmed up, voters, for what's to come, because you're going to be making some decisions here in 2024. And so the last thing I want to leave you with is Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, he is running for president and he's gaining some traction. Well, when he was 18 years old, at, at entering Harvard, he was at a town hall where he got to ask a question to then-presidential candidate, Reverend Al Sharpton. Now, Reverend Sharpton is someone who has been in politics his entire life, which is something that Ramaswamy must not have been aware of. So he asked Reverend Sharpton, why should he vote for him, the candidate with the least amount of experience, which Sharpton said, I'm the candidate with the most experience. And so it was a very interesting exchange because the tables have turned, and that is the biggest criticism against Ramaswamy currently, wow. is that he is the candidate with the least amount of experience and doesn't belong on that Republican ticket, Cedric. Wow. Well, Mona, you said a lot, and I appreciate your report on today, and I want you to have a great weekend, okay? Thank you so much, Cedric. Have a great, safe, safe Labor Day weekend, everyone. You've been listening to The Slice Report with Mona Austin. I'm Cedric Bailey. we got more to come. I've been waiting on you. Waiting for your embrace, love. Hello, love. This is the day, love. Everybody's searching for you. Everywhere there's pain, we've been missing you. We need you more than ever before. I know I do.
the same kind of love This one leaves you feeling empty You can keep that mid-love I don't wanna be let down again Just may be like the only Jesus that they seek. Get out and turn somebody. 